How many of you ready to get started today? Make some noise in the house. Oh, man. I don't know about you guys, but I've struggled with uh, gratitude in my life. And uh, anybody else in the room say gratitude is something you've struggled with at some point in your life, being grateful for things? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today as we're in our second week of our Stay Positive uh, series. And I'm really excited to bring that to you. You can go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles today to Philippians chapter 4. That's, that's really where we're going to camp most of the day. There's going to be a couple of other scriptures there. So as you take your notes and as you write things down, just make sure you write down those, those other scriptures to go back and read them this week and, and digest that stuff. But Philippians chapter 4 is mainly where we're going to be. I want to tell you right off the bat, as we're in week two, you can take your notes and you can title the message uh, this. And, and this is one that uh, I wish I could broadcast to the entire nation. And it's this, uh, or of the entire world. It's this, um, the cure for complaining. Does anybody else ever get sick of complaining? Come on, y'all talk to me today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am so tired of hearing people complain about everything. You know what I'm saying? Before I get into my complaining about complaining, though, um, let me tell you, I'd love for you to join in some Bible reading plans with us each week of this series. Uh, there are, is a series of devotions that we're doing that co- accompanies each topic of each week. You can go to radiatechurch.net. There's a link right on the link, uh, right on the homepage there uh, that you can go to them. Or all you got to do is pull up your camera real quick and just point it at this QR code, zoom in, and there's going to be a link that, cli- uh, that pops up. Just click that link. And it'll take you right to the Bible reading plan so that you can subscribe to that on your phone. And they're about four or five days. And uh, you, can, you can join with uh, the church body. And we can read the Word of God together and digest this stuff. So let's talk about the cure for complaining. As I've talked about, I want to complain about complaining. We're in a nation. We're in a world. We're in a season. Uh, as I said last week, where negativity seems to reign. I came in a few months ago, or several weeks ago, and I told, I told our staff, I said, we, we need to be people of positivity and energy from at least through the rest of the year, because people just cannot get it together, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't matter what you do. It, man, when we were looking, and still, when we look at re, reopening churches, I've got pastors that call me, they're like, man, I got this side of the church that says that we need to reopen immediately, this side that says it don't open at all, this side that says does it do it this way, this side, and here at the church, it don't matter what we do, man, we, it, Jesus could be leading the reopening of the church and somebody's going to have something to say, you know what I'm saying, like it, in this season, it doesn't matter Man, what store you walk into, it don't matter, people want to complain now about the type of mask you wear, you know what I'm saying, like that ain't the kind of mask you should wear. Don't tell me what covers up this beautiful mug. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm Like, there's just this negativity. There's this overwhelming theme of negativity. And I just want to talk today uh, to some people that want to change the world. And, and I want to talk about one of the ways we can change the world is we can cure complaining. We can cure complaining. I got, we're going we're gonna to dive in. We're going to actually dissect uh, a series of scriptures today in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at some original text and look at some original words and the meanings of those and what it looks like. But, but right now, has, has anybody ever heard this term? I know, I know my teenagers and my millennials know this term. And, and so, but anybody else know this term where they call people a Karen? If your name is Karen, I apologize. You need to change your name 
in this era? Here's what a Karen is. It's somebody that complains about everything. It's somebody that goes to Starbucks and they're like, it's not enough whipped foam of the, the, the soy brand in my coffee that took me five minutes to order. Right? That's why I go with the same order every single time I'm in Starbucks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there, there's these people that complain, and the term right now is, is Karen. All you teenagers and, and, and younger, younger folks know about it. The rest of you are like, yeah, I know a Karen. She's nice. Uh, you know, I, I, I just believe we need to, here's the cure to, here's the cure to complaining. I'm going to give it to you in one word. Gratitude. Gratitude. That's it. Gratitude. You know, how about instead of complaining about how the church is reopening, let's just celebrate that it is reopening. You know what I'm saying? How about complaining about the fact that we have to wear masks and just be grateful that we still get to have social interaction with people? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're here. We got breath. And I know we don't like things. There's things in life I don't like, and I'll complain. And then the Lord's like, will you just shut up because it really don't matter. You know, I, I really think the Lord tells me that sometimes. Like, what you're complaining about in the grand scheme of things ain't even a big deal to me. You know, like last night, went to bed complaining. I hate football now, y'all. With every ounce of breath in my body, never want to watch it again until today when the Panthers play. <laughs> and I'm, I'm complaining about football, and then there's this little voice in my head that goes, you think I really care about who wins this football game? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, I kid you not, I pray every Saturday, Lord, let us win today. Please don't let us be another national embarrassment on national television with the fighting roosters. That'd be great. And the Lord's like, I don't care. I just really don't care. Because the God's after our hearts, but we're, we're more worried about what he's got in his hand. And we complain about when it's not in ours. And I just want to talk about gratitude today. Here's some benefits of gratitude according to PositivePsychology.com. Some benefits of gratitude, right? Here, here we go. You ready? Gratitude releases, so it gets rid of toxic emotions. PositivePsychology.com says when you're grateful for something, it gets rid of and it expends toxic emotions. Maybe some of us wouldn't be so daggum toxic and toxic in this world if we'd be grateful about something. You know what I'm saying? Toxic, it gets, it releases. All right, here's another one. Gratitude, watch this, watch this, reduces pain. It reduces something in the mental makeup. When we're grateful for what we have, when we're grateful for what's to come, it reduces the pain that our body feels. That's crazy to me. Gratitude improves. Watch it. How many of you got anybody have problems sleeping at night sometimes? Right, right here, this guy, bad, right here. Gratitude increases your sweet sleep quality. You sleep better when you're grateful. Because you don't go to bed like, I hate my life. You go to bed going, ah, oh, this is great. I have a pillow. Grateful or, or gratitude aids in stress regulation. When you're more grateful, you can handle stress better. When you're less grateful, stress sends you over the edge. You know what I'm saying? That's why we got to be careful right now. And the gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. It reduces it. So if I struggle with depression and anxiety, I'm going to give you a quick fix to not maybe cure it, but to help you. Here, you ready? Be grateful. Like, that's, that's it. When I'm anxious, when I'm stressed, 
My wife, I tell, I tell people this all the time. If you know my wife, you're going you're gonna to relate to this. She is a walking chicken soup for the soul book. I never have to buy a book. I live with one. Because it doesn't matter. I'm like, babe, this football game is ridiculous. Da, da, da. And she's like, at least you got a TV to watch it on. Well, I wish I didn't right now. You see the score? You know what I'm saying? Like, all this stuff. I'll be like, babe, my back hurts so bad. Man, but at least you got to go to the gym today. Right? I'm tired of having to fix this four-wheeler. Aren't we blessed that we got one, though? Depends on if you're working on it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, all this stuff. She, but she's on to something. We got to learn to be grateful for things. Because here's the truth. What we're not grateful for, we take for granted. What we're not grateful for, we take for granted every time. Watch this. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, it's going to come up on the screen right now. It says this, a joyful heart. Some of us need to read this. This is the only scripture you need to walk away with today because this is your next step. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. But when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. Watch this. We don't have to go pay a bunch of money for a makeover. Just smile! Like, a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. In other words, what's in here shows out here. People ought to know that I'm... If you're walking around mad at the world all the time, looking like you sucked a lemon for two hours today... And my Facebook is nothing but complaining about my job and my friends and my church and this and my this and that and the, the people that I don't even know that cut me off in traffic and I don't even know their license plate number, much less their name. <gasps> There's probably, hear me, not as much joy as we think there is. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, makes a cheerful post, makes a cheerful handshake smiles at somebody when they walk up and you're like, good morning, and you're like, mm. no, it's like, good morning. I have another morning. I have another 24 hours invested to me, entrusted to me by God himself. You know, scientifically, did you know this? Smiling is contagious. And then in order for you to smile, even if you have to force it, in order for your muscles to work to a place to where they smile, in your brain, your brain has to go to a happy place in order for your muscles to do that. So you may not actively go, oh, let me think about this. No, your brain automatically works in that way in the subconscious to where it takes your mind to a happy place in order for your mouth to go. It's, it's, it's scientific. And smiles are contagious. If you walk by people that are smiling, it's hard for you not to eventually smile. They're contagious. They, they, they laughs are the same way. So I want to look real quick. We're going to go through Philippians 4 because i got a story I want to tell you at the end of this. So I'm going to go kind of quick. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. We're going to read it all together, and then we're going to go verse by verse real quick today, and we're going to break down some scripture. You ready? Here we go. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I want to sing the old Israel Hooten song. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I, yeah, y'all are welcome. Again, I will say, rejoice. I had a lot of caffeine this morning. Verse 5, let your gentle spirit. Can we just talk about that? 
Uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's look at verse 4. Verse 4 is very simple. It says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. So the word rejoice here, right? Underline that, highlight that, circle that, whatever you want to do. Uh, but the word rejoice is this. Um, kario. Kario. In the original text is kario. Here's what kario means. To be glad. Here, here's, here's, what, here's what the writer is saying right here, right? He's saying, be glad in the Lord always. Be glad in the Lord when everything goes your way. No, 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 no. Be glad in the Lord whenever you get the raise that you want. No, 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 no. Be glad in the Lord when your plans become God's plans and they all work out like you planned. No. He says, be glad in the Lord what? Always. No matter what, no matter when, be glad in the Lord. And then he says it this way. Again, I will say it. Be glad. Now, the word kario is also connected to the word charis. Charis. I'm messing up the way to say them, but I'm going to say it anyway. Charis. Just change the O to an S. Here's what charis means. We're going to learn this later, too. It means grace. Be glad in God's grace in the Lord always. Be glad in his grace always. Grace is unmerited or undeserved favor from God. Can I, can I, I just want to tell you this today, and this is for me, this is for you. None of us are here today because we deserve to be here today. We are here today because somewhere in God's unmerited, undeserved favor, he looked at every one of us individually and said, you will get another few hours of your life today to make a difference. Rejoice. Be glad in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I love that he says it twice. It's almost like the Apostle Paul right here knew something about 2020. It's almost like he knew that at some point in 2020, there's going to be a generation of people that were going to go through COVID-19 and all this kind of stuff and, 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 and all kinds of conspiracies and elections and this and that's and all this stop the counts and build the walls and all this stuff and all these things. And, 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 and we were going to go through all this and somebody was going to have to learn to be glad in the Lord always. When my candidate didn't win... Be glad in the Lord always. When my candidate does win, be glad in the Lord always. When things don't go the way that I think they should go, be glad in the Lord always. And he says, and again I say, be glad. Do it over and over and over because the greatest exhibition of gratitude is the ability to be glad for what we have. I know, listen, if you're anything like me, I, I was laughing about this with somebody this weekend. I am wired to always look at the next thing. I want the next thing. I want the next big thing. I want the next thing that's going to bring my adrenaline to a spiking level. I want this. I want that. I'm always wanting something. I'm just wired that way. I'm always looking at the future, right? But I have to learn to sometimes just stand still and go, be glad 
for the grace of what you have. So let me ask you this question, and then we're going to move on. What can you rejoice about? What can you be glad about? Because you can look around and find everything we can be upset about. But what can we be glad about? And then I want to challenge you to do this. Write it down and rejoice publicly. Maybe it's just the fact that I ain't got nothing to be glad about except my kids. Then write it down and rejoice and thank God for them every day of your life. And then you'll start, watch this. When you rejoice in that, you'll begin to see other things. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let's read verses five through six together. And then it says, let your gentle spirit, can we just stop on gentle? Guys, the church should be gentle. The church shouldn't be so brash and harsh. And by the church, I'm, you know, some of us are going straight to the organization. I'm talking about the people. I'm talking about the Christians, the followers. Guys, I see some things out there right now, and I'm like, there is no love in that. And here's what Jesus says. You will be known as my disciple by love or gentleness. Let your gentle be spirit. Be known to what? All men. Let your gentle spirit be known to all Republicans. Let your gentle spirit be known to all Democrats. Let your gentle spirit be known to everybody that hates you. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. And here's why. He gives us a reason. He doesn't say just do that. He says, because the Lord is what? Near. He's here. In other words, be grateful, be thankful that he's here. And then watch this in verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Somebody say everything. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, not to Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Seriously. Seriously. Some of us make our requests known more to Instagram than we do to Jesus. The one that says he sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes and prays for us. Let your requests be known to God. So watch this, watch this, all right? So it says, but be anxious for what? Nothing. Anxious in the word means troubled with worry and care. Troubled, that means we're carrying a weight. Anxiety carries weight with it. If you've ever dealt with anxiety in any way, shape, or form, you know there's a weight that is over your life. Right? And, and you have to carry it, and it hurts, and it's painful, and it's difficult. Can I tell you why? It's because you weren't designed to carry the worries of the world. You were designed to give it to God. We weren't designed to carry it. Because it says, be anxious for nothing. Because we read that and we go, yeah, but they don't know my life. Yeah, but sometimes we, need, we got too big of butts. Sometimes our butts are way too big. Trying to wake some people up in the room. And it's working. Because the truth is, we'll read something like that. Go, be anxious for nothing. Yeah, God, but. Stop with the buts. God says, be anxious for nothing. There's nothing in this world that should weigh you to the point that you can't even function. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, 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 everything. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose, right? In everything, in all things, by prayer, by supplication or petition, 
And with thanksgiving, the word thanksgiving there is eucharista. Eucharistia. Eucharistia means this, thankful. Well, thanks. That was, that, was, that was some revelation right there. But watch this. The root word of eucharistia is charis, which means grace. Watch this. It keeps going back to God's grace. It says this, but in every single thing you go through by prayer and supplication with thankfulness for God's grace, with thankfulness that you get to come before the throne of God, with thankfulness for the grace that he gives you, with thankfulness for who he is and what he's done, for his character and his love, with thankfulness for his grace, let everything you go through be known to God. Your questions, and sometimes, hear me, our answers aren't going to come on social media. They're going to come in a prayer closet. Sometimes our answers aren't going to come from people worshiping us. But they're going to come from us worshiping him. Sometimes our answers are not going to come from us reading the book of face. But the book of life. Sometimes I like to get cheesy just to catch attention. But it's true. With everything that's in us, be anxious, watch this, for nothing. Why? Because all things work together for the good of those who love God, Romans 8, 28. And take all those things and give them to God. And be thankful for his grace. Be thankful for who he is. Be thankful for God. So here's another question for you before we go to the last verse. What is worrying you? And how can you turn it to gratitude? Because here's what I know. The more I can find the silver lining in a dark cloud, the more I usually look up and watch God work. What's worrying me? And how can I turn it to a dark cloud? Is this, I mean, turn it to, to gratitude. Is, anybody, is this helping anybody today? Right, last one, verse 7. And the peace, watch this. Now, this verse, we're going to read it, but I want to say this. It comes after verses five, 4, 5, and 6. It's the ending of a series and a group of teachings right here. He says this, and the peace of God's what means I am connecting everything I just told you to do, and this is what will happen if you do that. And the peace of God. Some of us want the peace. Who wants the peace of God in the room? You want peace of God over your families, over your Watch this. And the peace of God, which suppresses all understanding. In other words, which surpasses anything you could ever understand or comprehend in your life. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus surpasses all comprehension and understanding. What does that mean? Isaiah 55 and 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. So when I put my anxiousness, when I put my prayer in supplication, my concerns, my hurts, my pains, my questions, my answers, all that, when I put it in God's hands, his thoughts are not my thoughts, therefore my ways will not be his ways, and I can't even come to comprehend or fathom anything that God's trying to tell me in the room because why? I'm going to another dimension. I'm going to another, and when I begin to do that, watch this, his peace guards my heart, and he guards my life. So what does heart mean? Watch this. This, th this got me this week. Peace is literally irene. Here's what it means. The total exact opposite of anxious. Literally, that's what it means. It means the exact opposite of anxious. How good is that? 
He says, don't be anxious. Have peace because it's the total opposite of peace. I mean, of anxious. And then watch this, watch this. Hearts is the word cardia. I know. Y'all like, and? Cardia, here's what it means. Thoughts. Passions. Desires. Appetites. Affections. Purposes. And endeavors. Here's what he literally says. <laughs> the peace of God, the exact opposite of anxiety that you don't even understand because it's higher than you will guard your thoughts, will guard your passions, will guard your affections, will guard your desires, will guard your purposes, will guard your endeavors and your minds in Christ. So when I give him everything, then now he becomes everything. And I now begin to understand gratitude leads me closer to the heart of Christ. Gratitude leads me closer to the heart of Christ. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Let's read it all back one more time. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say what? Rejoice. Come on, y'all say that louder. Again, I will say? Rejoice. Rejoice. I love it. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I understand that series of scriptures and then I read it back, y'all, that gives me some hope. It teaches me that sometimes I just need to be quiet rather than complain. Sometimes there's people that will complain in my life and I need to turn it to gratitude somehow. Tune them out. But here's what I know, and I'm going to tell you a story if you'll give me about five to ten minutes. Sometimes you just don't feel like being grateful. Anybody in the room with me? Sometimes it's just like, I look at my wife sometimes and I'm like, I don't need a sermon. I literally say that. And she's like, well, you're a preacher. Somebody's got to tell you sometimes. Sometimes you don't feel like being grateful. In February, a couple years ago, guess what? We bought 18 acres of land right here in Elgin, South Carolina, right? Great piece of property, amazing piece of property. We were so excited. We are so excited that we, we moved in that. And over the past, over, since that time, man, we've talked to builders and designers. We've interviewed people. We've looked at plots. We've looked at plans. We've looked at blueprints. We've looked at all kinds of things, right? And man, we, you know, we were making, we, we, we were making so much progress and we were doing so many things and God was doing stuff. And earlier this year, I sat at a table in a meeting with our CFO and a meeting with our staff and, and, and our leaders. And I was talking and I told them, I said, 2020 is the year we move in to a building or we move dirt. I'm telling you like, this is the year I just knew it. I just knew it. And then like a couple months later, this devilish little thing called COVID-19 came up. So in the process of this year, we're, we've locked in a builder. We've locked in a designer. We're paying them money. We're getting all this stuff. We're looking at these beautiful plans, right? And all this stuff takes place. And, 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 and in the midst of it, we look at it and we're like, go do your research. Find what you need to find. Do what you need to do because we move in dirt. This is the year we move. And y'all like, they come back to us and they tell us, hey, th there, there's a problem on the property and it's going to be about a $300,000 problem. 
And I was like, excuse me, say what? Come on, y'all sucked in now. Y'all like, this is our property. <laughs> and dude, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So to get around part of the problem, we had to shrink the square footage of the original building plan. And so we go through and I make that call and, 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 then, and then COVID hits and we find out, we get emails and we get phone calls. Hey, I'm just letting you know, building costs are anywhere from 30 to 40% up and they're only going up, they're not coming down. And I'm like, I will kick you in the throat if you tell me that again. Y'all, there was a moment <clears throat> where I shrunk my original plan and I'm trying to figure out what to do. I didn't feel like being grateful. Y'all with me? I didn't feel like being grateful. Y'all been there before, right? I didn't, I didn't feel like looking at God and going, thank you, Lord, for a problem that I have no idea how to fix. <clears throat> but I had people in my life tell me, God's got it, God's got it, and I want to look at them and go, that's because you're not in the middle of it. You ever felt like that? I was reminded of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 one night as I was going through and I was praying. And here's my prayer. I was like, Lord, I know what you told me. I know what you told me this year. I know what we're doing. God, you got to do something. You ever prayed that? God, you going to have to do something now. I was praying. I was like, God, you got to do something, man. We need a headquarters. We need a place to launch another campus and broadcast from. We need a place to train up leaders. We need a place to do ministry and host outreaches. We need a place to do conferences. We need a place that's called Radiate Church and is a home and a lighthouse for your kingdom right here in a community, like in a region, in the 803. We need you, God. We need you. You got to do something. I know I didn't miss it. I know something was going, God, you got to. And I was reminded of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. I want to read it to you because somebody it's going to give somebody hope today. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. Well, praise God, because you're moving slow, God. But he is patient toward you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And here's what I was reminded it, as I read it, and I've thought about it this week. God's goal, anytime he opens a door, is to bring people closer to life. Y'all, I'm praying, I'm mad, I'm aggravated, I'm thinking things I shouldn't think. I'm discouraged. I'm just being transparent. I'm discouraged. I'm on the verge of, I'm giving up. This is stupid. Maybe I'm not the one to take it here. All, like, I'm just thinking all these things. And I get this encouraging text message from a friend of mine. And we begin to talk about five weeks ago. And on the other end, I connected with some other people, and we had these conversations about an opportunity that was coming our way. And guys, I, I'm just here to tell you today that over the past five weeks, God has given us an opportunity to purchase a 10,600 square foot facility fully furnished and ready to go that we can have church in. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be grateful for what God has brought. You're going to see it on the screen, but I think we need to rejoice. Again, I say rejoice for the Lord always. Hey, watch this. Watch this. What you're seeing on the screen, come on up, man, come on up. What you're seeing on the screen right now 
is a facility of another church property that was an additional campus for them that they wanted to take all the resources and put it towards their main campus. They talked to us about it, and we got a bigger facility for cheaper than we could have built one in a, in a place that's just right down the road. I don't know about you, but if God ain't... Sometimes what seems like a setback is a set up for a miraculous move of God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be grateful. I'm ready to be. You see everything in the, in the pictures? Guess what? We own it. Every bit of it. That's ours right there. Every, the chairs and the screen. Here's what I've learned. Watch this. Here's what I've learned. Sometimes when you don't feel grateful... We just don't know what God's doing on the other side. In five short weeks, I've met with lawyers. I've met with the overseers of this church. Y'all can start playing something behind me because I'll just talk. <laughs> met lawyers, overseers that oversee this church and help our leadership. The leadership, the, the elders, council, and board of the internal board of this church we've met. We've met with leaders. We've met with pastors. We've met with everybody we can meet with and think about and hear every side with. And I'm telling you, hear me, God worked this thing out. Y'all, we had the opportunity to purchase this thing for a fraction of the cost of a building, a building one. Watch this. In five weeks, and it's bigger than what we were planning to build for honestly about $700,000 cheaper than we were planning to build to begin with. And hear me, I want to say this. We are not moving into a building so that we're not portable. Because if that's the goal, then we've missed it. Because I don't want to say something. Blaney Elementary has been good to us. God used this place to reach so many people. And change lives. But in just a little while, God's given us 105 Sparkleberry Crossing. The old Putt-Putt Fun Center right behind Frank's Car Wash right there. Hundred, over 100 paved parking spots, our own building, signage. It's our home. No, it's our next home. Because here's what I know. God does not bring something to pass without it bringing progress. In just about three to four weeks, I'll give you an exact move-in date, we'll be having services in our facility in just a few short weeks. It's ridiculous. So watch this. Let me tie it all back together. Even when you don't feel like being grateful, thank God for what you don't even see yet. Because there's always something working together. For the good of those who love God. We got a few next steps to do. We got a few things to do. Right now, I want you to join the Bible reading plan this week. I want you to pray with us. But right now, I want you to know something, right? I want you to know that we need some help. We need some people that are going to volunteer to come paint some walls. Some people that are going to come in and volunteer to put up some stickers. Some people that are going to clean some carpets. So repaint some base. But whatever it is, we need some people to help. Pastor Travis is going to give you more information about that in just a minute. I want to ask you to pray. Pray and ask God like if he would have you give a little bit above and beyond. Maybe it's a lot of it. I don't know. Just listen to God, not me. God, would you have me give above and beyond so that we can do some of these renovations faster? 
so we can do some of these renovations without hurting the work of the ministry as much as we have to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to stop ministry. We're in a great place because many of you have been faithful in generosity to Waymaker in our building campaign. But maybe God wants you to give a little bit more to help us out a little bit. And then maybe right now, I don't know that there's ever been a greater time to join a team. Because we're not moving into a facility in order to just keep going. We're moving into a facility, watch this, not to not be portable, but to fill it up. We're moving into a facility so people can meet God right there. We're moving into a facility so we can broadcast to another campus, to another location, so that we can get something else launched in another county, in another area code, in another town, and watch that life change. We're moving into a facility that gives us more room than we've ever had for kids, for Radiate Kids Ministry. For our teens, for everything. And so if you want to serve and help us out, Pastor Travis is going to give you information. Pray about giving above and beyond. And just, you can give online. Pastor Travis will give you information about that as well. If you want to join a team, swing by that Connect Center and just be like, put me on a team, coach. I'm ready to play. But here's what I want to tell you. God is pushing his vision forward through this church. And I'm honored you're a part of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because God is about to change some things. Would you stand with me today? How many of you are excited about the next step for Ready 8 Church? I told you it was a big announcement. I told you it was a big announcement. Let me pray with you. We're going to worship together one more time. Father, we honor you. We worship you. We give you everything we have. God, we give you who we are. We thank you that, God, we can be grateful in your grace, in your love, in your mercy. We love you so much. We honor you. We worship you. And, God, this song is about a change is coming. And, God, right now I declare that a change is coming, that you're going to change, change us. You're going to change a region. You're going to change an area code. You are going to change everything through your spirit and through your love and through your heart. God, we love you and honor you as we worship together, as we throw our hands in the air, as we lift our hearts and our voices today. We worship you for who you are. In your name, amen. Come on, Radiate Worship. Let's worship together. Let's go, church.